You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Half hour! Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie Gross, Artistic Director. And I'm Jeff Malone, Executive Director. Welcome to our podcast weekly recap scoop on the theater and music industry news and events of the past week. Today is Friday, July 30th. We're rounding out the month of July, heading into August with um, some cool scoop on theater, music, shows, all those good things we've been talking about every week. We have some cool stuff to talk to you about today. So welcome. And we're heading right over into our first topic today, which is Schmigadoon Land. As we know (laughs) on Apple TV Plus, we've been talking about this the last few weeks. Um, episode four just aired today on Friday, July 30th on Apple TV plus, um, there are six episodes. So we are more than halfway through this series and episode four came out today with two more episodes remaining until the season is done. I don't even know if the show will be done or not. I guess we'll find out after the last episode airs, but, Mm -hmm. um, lots going on in this episode. I thought it was really entertaining. I'm always laughing in this show. Every episode, I'm always entertained. I'm always a little confused by the plot because the plot's moving in many different directions. But I think it's very entertaining um, for musical theater lovers and non-musical theater lovers as well. Um, it's getting better and better. I was always good, I think, from the start. But um, yeah, what is your overall thoughts that, on the episode? It's one of those shows that started off strong, and I think it's continued to stay yeah. strong. Mm-hmm. And I also like starting my Friday mornings with watching this. Yeah, so yeah, usually nice. we watch this show before, and then we come and we record this podcast. Yeah, But um, I... This So this episode was titled Suddenly, mm-hmm. and um, the musical numbers in this episode were um, With All of Your Heart, which was like the, I don't know if you want to call that the Mary Poppins, uh, Maria from The Sound of Music um, type song. And then there was the Vagina song. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then lastly, Suddenly, which was also great. Um, we're coming to the point in the season that... Um, we're meeting the characters that Melissa and Josh are maybe going to fall in love with. It's kind of unclear. So I, what I'm liking is they're kind of leaving it in this kind of limbo land of like, hey, they know that they're supposed to play this like musical theater game mm-hmm. um, and kind of insert themselves like how do they fit into the musical story now? Mm-hmm. But also, do they still love each other? I don't know. We keep every episode. We kind of start with like a flashback that kind of shows like Josh loving Melissa or Melissa really being in love with Josh. But now it's like they're broken up in musical land. And where is it taking us? Do they just fit the mold of the musical and fall in love with these characters or do they fall back in love with each other? I don't, I, I'm I don't know sure. where that's going to lead. I guess that's what's the point, right, is we don't know if their love that they're now finding with the other, the teacher and the doctor in the town are going to get them out of the town or they're just doing that still to get out of town or they're really falling in love. I mean, yes, the musical numbers were great. Cecily's moment as um, the Von Trapp, you know, Maria kind of <laughs> moment was really, really great. Ariana DeBose tap dancing was great. I knew there was going to be a tap dance yes. number coming at some point. And having the kids all, like, join in and Yeah, yeah, for along. sure. Um Really, really fun. The the ballad at the end, the duets, the the quartet, whatever you want to call that, of the four of them was really nice. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a little. I, oh, there was also the um, Alan Cummings character coming out at the church oh, service, yes, yes, yes. and and how his wife reacted to that, how the Fred Armisen priest character responded to that, and then also how Christian Chenoweth's character responded to that, which was 
maniacal evil woman happy. Right. And I'm not sure what that means for her because we keep learning every episode that she really controls a lot of the town. And I find that out of all the lead characters, we're still waiting for a Kristen Chenoweth moment. Mm. I'm a little confused that this woman gets three to four lines per episode and we don't see a full scene with her. We don't see a full musical number yet with her. And almost every other character we have. So I'm like, mm, there's got to be a reason why Kristen Chenoweth signed on to this show <laughs> if they're going to give her more than two or three lines an episode. Probably. She's very present. She's actually the character that has kept everyone the same in the town yeah, for so long. Yeah. And now Melissa and Josh come in here and each person is slowly changing. Yeah. But the opposite is happening for Melissa and Josh. They're kind of fitting the mold of the characters of the town. Yeah. The townspeople are kind of changing and maybe everyone's just going to come meet halfway mm-hmm. in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I don't, it's interesting. It is interesting. I think, you know, we'll have two more episodes left to kind of wrap this up. It's almost like one really long play yeah. or one really long movie that's kind of spread out. It's all happening over the course of a few days. Um, I also think there was this weird plot moment where it's like, oh, they can't, the whole thing last episode is we have nowhere to stay. We have nowhere to stay. And so now they're staying separately in the schoolhouse where they work and they're falling in love for her in the doctor's office. But there's this like really – there's this sense of – uh, but these characters, like, it's it's not just about them anymore. It's about helping the people in the mm-hmm. town. I guess that's the point. It's right. not just about getting out. It was always about getting out, getting out, getting out. Um, so we'll see. Are they going to try to get out? Are they going to want to stay? Are they going to want to stay and make the town a better place? Is this town really existent in the real world? How do right. they go back to their real life? And I think that'll be really interesting to see. Totally. Um, and also, we keep seeing the billing every week for Jane Krakowski, and I have no idea where she is. <laughs> and I'm sure she's just making this like one big appearance kind of a thing. She's going to come some in point, at the end. Maybe of this, at the very end, swoop them away. Yeah, but she's great, and I'm just so confused. Like, why are they top billing her, and she's nowhere to be found? So Jane. We're waiting for you. Where are you? Are you coming up? There's only two episodes left. We haven't even seen you yet. Are you in this town? Because I feel like we met everyone. Maybe that's the point. Maybe she's someone coming in from out of town. I don't know. Maybe to like save the day. Yeah. So and I guess the, the ultimate question is, will Josh and Melissa end up together yeah. at the end? Yeah. Well, you're going to find that out. Especially since they like, it started with the snowfall. The episode yes. ended with the snowfall. That whole thing, right? Totally. So good. All right. Schmigadoon. Keep posted. we got a few more episodes to go. We're really enjoying that. Check that out if you haven't yet on Apple TV+. Mm-hmm. And moving on to the next streaming platform yes. show. Over to the other series that we've been currently watching. This is Pop. Um, on Netflix. On Netflix. It's episode four. And this was all about Pop Goes Country or Country Goes Pop, you know. Um, so this episode focused on many of the talents that have crossed over from the country world to the pop world. And to name a few of these people, it was Willie Nelson, Dolly Parton, Steve Earle, Garth Brooks, Winona Judd, Shania Twain, and the list goes on and on. We always get someone probably crossing over from the country world into the pop music world when they hit the charts. What I found really interesting about this episode was, you know, they, the country world kind of doesn't want you to cross over to pop. And it's almost frowned upon. Um, when you do it, it's like you've left the, this little club. And when you're in the club, you stay in the club. And if you leave the club, you're not welcome back. So it's weird, you know, and we've seen many people. Uh, I think one of the artists, Nico Case, said it the best. She falls under the category alt-country during the 90s, you know, when the grunge scene was going on and alternative music was like at its high alt-country came about. Obviously, it made sense. But she said it perfect because she was like, country is kind of the only genre that can't evolve. And I was like, hmm, that really makes sense. 
it was like you you have to have this certain look you have to have this certain sound and if you don't really fit that mold then you're kind of just tossed to the side by the country world i don't know do you kind of feel that way i i'm always like mm. i always it's interesting because what i learn is it seems to be like the pop world is open to everyone right. and everything if a classical opera singer wanted to release a pop album i feel like she could if, if a Broadway, good, if a Broadway know. classical golden age sound singer wanted to release a pop, but it's like the second any other industry wants to, if a pop person wanted to be like, oh, I would like to sing opera, the opera world would be like, hmm, you know, if the country, you know, it's true, like some of these true. worlds yeah, yeah. kind of get a little, and in the Broadway world, kind of too a little bit, right? The Broadway world accepts pop in, but then some of the true Broadway people are like, I don't like this belty riffing pop sound on a Broadway stage. So all these other industries, and then when you look at the country industry, I just don't understand why these worlds don't all get, why is the country, when they say country music doesn't evolve, they're so against these people going over into the pop world. Almost like maybe, and I'm not a country music person, but maybe there's this sense of being felt like they were used. Like maybe there was a sense of I was used Oh, it was easier for Taylor Swift or Dolly Parton to break into this genre, and then they used my genre and then left my genre. That's the only thing I can think of because it seems like with pop music, you can make more sales, you get more audience, you become more international. And so maybe there's a sense of you came in, you used me, and then meaning the genre, and then you left it. And then you feel like you can dip and dab into it whenever you want. Like yeah. If Taylor Swift tomorrow wanted to release a country song, she just could. Right. And then she could just go right back to pop. And maybe the true diehard country music people don't like that. I'm just playing devil's advocate because that's kind of what I got from this documentary was this sense of, oh, you know, we, we talk about Winona Judd and then who streamlined her and, and jumped over her was Shania Twain. Right. And that whole sense of like, oh, well, Winona Judd, where were you competing with that? Right. It, I don't really remember you very much in the 90s, although I was young then. Right. Shania Twain, I certainly remember because it was in every household. And that was also kind of the cusp of us coming of mm-hmm. age of understanding what like pop music is. Yeah. So it, it kind of makes sense why we know Shania Twain more than Winona Judd. But I, but look at all the pushback that Shania Twain mm-hmm. had from the country industry because she launched into the country industry and pop industry mm-hmm. at the same time. That was mm-hmm. such a successful album mm-hmm. of Come On Over. But it's like, I don't, I don't understand why it has to be this club. You know, they use the word authenticity in it. But what does that mean? Is there a real definition in the country world of what authenticity means? Is crossing over to the pop world not authentic? It doesn't make sense. It's almost like all the different genres of music are all not respecting each other or they think one is easier than the other. Yeah. And I understand, like, listen, I've been to the Country Music Hall of Fame in Tennessee, and when you go there and you see floors and floors of this massive building of tons of history of country music, I was, uh, it was eye-opening for me. I never really realized how extremely influential country music was, really from, like, the 1800s and the early 1900s all the way through and how country music has such a heart and soul in this country. I get it. I'm not a huge fan of country music, but... I'm also not even a huge fan of country pop, pop music that goes country. I'm really not. I like the I like when pop music is really fresh. And, and country pop music is fresh too, but it, it, may, was, it might just be some of the instruments yeah, in, in the pop music but I understand or the storytelling the, that doesn't relate to you, but Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it was just interesting that this documentary kept really quiet on Taylor Swift because she's the one for the last 10 or 15 years who's really crossed over into that world. And so it seems to be happening. It also seems to really mainly be happening with women. 
I don't see Garth Brooks crossing over into pop. Yeah. You know, it, yes, we talked about Willie Nelson a little bit earlier. I get that, but you don't really see a little Nas X. There's a little bit of that too, but he was so new to the scene and then really became pop. Taylor was not that quick in and out of, of country, but it seems to be happening with women. Yeah. Mainly, I mean, we can name four or five women that are, they're starting with their country music roots and they're going to pop. I wonder why, if that has anything to do with it, the female country voice, you know, but I think it's being popular outside of your genre. So mm-hmm. pop is always that genre that has multiple genres flooding into it because it's what popular music pop really isn't a full genre that has a unique sound because hip-hop becomes pop r&b becomes pop rock becomes pop alternative becomes pop because all of those things hit the charts and then they take off so when a country song you know hits the pop charts it's because it's so popular outside of the genre alone and i don't know understand why anyone would be upset about that right you know and pop is popular so right. what is popular things change we know the 80s was kind of a, t- a torn time between pop and rock and right. those were two popular things at the time kind of jarring it or when we learned about the disco era and we talk about how disco the 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 movement of anti-disco kind of came in the late 70s when rock music was wait no we don't want this right. to only be the popular thing so it's interesting to see because, i just think right. crossover is very healthy but i think it crossover also makes sense because like yeah motown was popular yeah then disco was popular right. then metal hair bands right. were then popular R&B in the 90s and was r&b popular. was popular right. and then it turned into boy band girl groups yeah. that became popular and then it became grunge and you know, all it's kind of nice things. that nowadays there's no real one form anything. Pop. If you look at the top forty right. now, like right now, I feel like it's a mix, and right. I kind of like that. I think that's the future of music is good, healthy mix, and that's why I said I think crossover is healthy. I really do. I think people crossing into different worlds, as long as you're not ruining your voice, mm-hmm. as long as you're not changing a ton of your voice to to fit into something that's not working for you. I'm not yeah. saying you can't try it. I'm saying just make sure what you're doing for your voice is healthy. Make sure what you're doing for your your look and your image and your band and your crew and your team is healthy right. and responsible. I think that's one last thing to touch on a great example of someone who is so deep in the pop world is someone like Kelly Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she has country roots. She's a yeah. Texas girl. Yeah. But if she tried to go into the country world right now, what would happen to her? Would they accept her? Would they let her? She's done plenty of features on country. She's done things with Reba. She's, right. you know, it's, I don't know if they would accept her. And that's someone who could easily do a country album mm-hmm. and probably sing it really well, mm-hmm. have some great country roots, but they might not accept it because of it. Like, oh, she's well, I think some pop star coming in the, here and doing country. But guess what? She is country. I think the person that crosses through the most seamlessly would be someone like Lady Gaga. How she releases an album like Joanne, how she sings Big Band with Tony Bennett, how she releases Electronica Pop. That and then now you know stars in films and, yeah. and that are like contemporary and or playing a character the, that is someone who crosses in and out of worlds she could just show up on broadway and do a broadway show and then she could just go right back to i mean that is someone who i feel like will just constantly weave in and out and maybe that's a, a person to look at and say okay yeah. what can we learn from that right. i i think it's a i don't care vibe mm. not a nasty arrogant i don't care but a I'm going to do what I really want to do as long as what's working for me. Yeah. So the confidence, you know, the accountability. It's staying true to who you yeah. are. And um, moving, Speaking of confidence. Yes. Moving to someone, a, a new guy that I didn't know too much about, but this is someone who's staying true to who they 
are um, a guy named Alex Sandar. He just came out with a track titled Me, You, and the Moon. And I came across this because there's getting some buzz around it right now, but he's currently going through some things with his new single and his accompanied music video for it. Um, he's a Bulgarian singer-songwriter and producer, and he's part of the LGBTQ plus community. He has a new music video that features by Curious Themes, and it's currently not receiving any love from the major labels because it, in quotes, doesn't fit their portfolio and is not okay for their audience. So this is super interesting right now because now we're talking about something that's getting released into this pop dance genre thing, but because it's having like LGBTQ themes... It's getting pushback. So, and I and I don't think the song is bad. I think it's pretty catchy. It's a good summer jam. And, you know, we live in this over-sexualized pop world. Why is something like this getting pushback from a label? Is it because of, you know, the country's values around that? It, does it not fit their mold in that way? You know, I, I wanted to shed light on this because sometimes I find a lot of LGBTQ plus artists don't get a lot of love in the industry. But once they hit it, so someone like Tadra Call and Kim Petras and some of these people there, they're actually starting to get the love, but not the love that many, many pop stars get. Mm. So it's interesting. Well, it's interesting because I don't find the video to be, you know, I think they say in the article, it's not that sexual. It's PG-13 at most. It's yeah. not something inappropriate from, I mean... Sometimes you look at some of these videos and you're like, how is that even – is that even rated R? Is it rated X? Some of these things. <laughs> yeah. And this was just just people singing at the pool kind of a thing. And like I didn't really find it to be that um, over-sexualized. But yeah, I think – I don't know if that has anything to do with LGBTQ issues. I don't know if it – I mean it does. I mean I guess that's what the point is. But I think is it specifically bisexuality or is it just the LGBTQ community as a whole? You know, because it is a, it is touching on bisexual right. and bi bisexual themes and bi curious themes. Because you have so, women doing things, you have men doing things, you men have and women, men and men, women groups. and women. So maybe that's what's so I don't know. Maybe that's what some of these labels like. Oh, I don't know if I want to touch that with the ten foot pole kind of thing. But it's like why? Like it's just it's just you people can't... enjoying themselves and singing a song. It's right. not. A pornographic film. It's nothing. That I, yeah, and it's a shame because it is. And when you listen to the song, it's a nice song. You yeah. know, he's got a nice song you can't, out there. You can't say no to one and then let someone else do something super over sexualized. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense to me. So I, I think people should be talking about this track and not that in a bad way, in a great way. Like, hey, if the labels aren't going to do anything for it, let's, you know, come together as a community and promote it. I also think you know? there's something to be said about. We have seen for so long the sexualization and over-sexualization of women in Hollywood, in music, and everything in between. I think for – yes, there is sex appeal in men. We have seen the Elvis sex appeal from a long time ago. We've seen the Michael Jackson sex appeal. We see the Ricky Martin sex appeal. We've seen the sex appeal over the ages with men. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is it's always – women have always had this like – open sort of concept of sexualization and yeah. and there's definitely commentary on that but this is we're seeing someone like him we're seeing someone like Lil Nas X we're seeing men open up sexually not just oh a woman's touching my chest but I am living this openly by curious stance in this music video I'm gay I'm straight I'm bi doesn't matter because I'm living and for some reason that's like off-putting to people when yeah. it's a man when it's a woman, oh, I'm 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 doing something sexual with a girl. I'm doing sexual sexual with a guy. It's sexual, and for some reason, oh, that's just accepted in so much. And now we see it with these men 
being really open and honest and whether they are straight or gay or bi in their life, they're just portraying something in their art form, their music video. And it's, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And it's like, once again, we're trying to find labels. Now we're trying, we were always trying to label Michael Jackson. What is is he gay? Is he straight? Is he, what what is he, you know, labeling or these labeling, labeling, labeling. And now it's like, now we don't really need to label necessarily. We're just having this open sort of concept. And it's like, people are like, what? Right. You know, because it happens when it's men doing things with men. Yeah. yeah. Not just men doing sexual things because that's been done all the time. Look at a video like blurred lines, sure. men doing sexual things but it's or men. even boy bands, right. like go back to the NSYNC Backstreet Boy days where they're half naked yeah. in a music yeah. video, but because they're not doing it with each other, mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. So it's interesting. I'm not saying one is right or better than the other. One is more right. I'm not, I'm not trying to get into different rings on this. I'm just saying in general, it's interesting when you see a male opening up sexually or not even that sexually in this video, but no, just a little bit. It was a people touch are like, Oh, this is not, but, 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 but I, I don't, yeah, it's a whole, maybe that's a whole nother conversation for the day, but yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> well, everyone go check out that video yeah. for Alexander. Me, you yeah. The moon. Yeah. It's a great song. It's great. Um, we're going to go jump now to squeaky clean G rated <laughs> and we're going to go talk a little bit about so squeaky clean. So Disney plus has their show high school musical, the musical, the series, which just today finished up at season two. Um, we had watched season one. Now we've been watching all of season two. Season two has ended. I'm not sure if it's clear if there's a season three coming or not. It did end on a lot of cliffhangers though, for this school and these kids and, and the teachers and everyone, the parents mm-hmm. and everyone involved. Um, so this ended uh, – listen, I think it's – I was a big fan of the High School Musical movies back when I was in high school and they were coming out and they were wonderful and I really enjoyed them. Um, and they were great and they were fun and it brought like musical theater back to the mainstream for kids and preteens and teens, right? So this is doing the same thing for a new generation, people who watched that and 10, 15 years ago and now are like, oh – New TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot going on here. I think it's great for Olivia Rodrigo. I like the original music. Um, some of the plots are a little odd to me. I'm not sure where we're going with a lot of things. Yeah. It's high school drama. It's it's cute. It's funny at times. It's nice. It's charming. There's there's the um, there's an LGBTQ theme with a romance yeah. there, and that's great for Disney. It ended interesting. I don't know. I'm just curious to know what you think of this now that it wrapped up today. So Richie got me lucky. I didn't watch the first season, mm. but you know, Olivia Rodrigo got me into the yes, second season. I watched it. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't, it's not really my full cup of tea, but I appreciate uh-huh. it. You know, thank goodness Glee came out right after when High School Musical, the movie came out. Cause yeah. I was like, I was all about Glee, yeah, yeah. but this, I don't, I don't know it, what this show wants it to be mm-hmm. because it sees itself as paying an ode to like, the original film and it kind of follows the same plot line mm-hmm. at sometimes, but they're just bringing it more modern, but I don't know. It's, I, I would have loved this show to stick more to it being about the high school musical and not so much about all these like intertwined love stories and it gets a little messy and following along. It's just, it, it comes across sometimes as cheesy corny and I know it's not really made for my age demographic. Mm-hmm. It's made for a younger generation, mm-hmm. but I don't know it doesn't really seem real at times. I, yeah. I think that it's, you know what some people may be going through with their musical in school and, and competitions and getting and, and the other school competing. I understand that. I do commend Disney on being really, really open with their representation. Yeah. They're, body positivity, their gender, their um, representation, their race representation, their LGBTQ representation. There's mm. wonderful representation across the board, even with the teachers and the students. And it looks like they're having fun. It's really of great. Course. I was I said this after I said, I wonder if any of them will do Broadway. And I'm like, 
You know, it's interesting. You don't get a ton of crossover. And a lot of the original High School Musical people didn't go do Broadway. A lot of the Glee people didn't go do Broadway after that show. Now it's this. If this was to end, could some of them go do Broadway? Oh, maybe it'll go season three. I'm not sure. Well, sometimes when you get in these bigger TV shows, your name gets a little bit bigger and so does your ego. So it's like, how do you... How do you cross that? Mm. Like, do you want to be doing, you know, eight shows a week yeah. on Broadway yeah. or are you just content with yeah. your life in the TV movie world? Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say one thing that I do kind of like, like the little um, theme is, is like this, the Menkes Awards. It, it reminds me of being in high school and doing theater <laughs> the, because the we had our awards. own, mm-hmm. we had our own little high school awards and it was super competitive. You went and saw other people's shows. Yeah. It wasn't as competitive as trying to sabotage other people, yeah. but it was fun to, to have a reason to want to do the show as well. It was kind of nice that the message at the end was like, we don't need that. We are content with what yeah. we just did. And I think that's always got to be a reminder of theater, right? Like you are working as a team to put something on. And one thing I sometimes won't, I also don't always understand about like competitions when it, like in football, you're all playing the same sport. Yeah. But in theater, how do you compare a production of Pippin to a production of Beauty and the Beast to a production of, uh, you know, like, Mamma Mia, like they're all very like I don't know, like different choreo, different art form, different vocals, different mm-hmm. style. It's hard to compare and compete, and so it should just be about putting the show on and feeling. Did you feel like you did as best as you could, and did you learn something? I think that kind of tie that in at the end because so many schools, maybe there's a lot of kids in the there's probably a ton of kids watching this show being like, we don't have competitions at our school, we barely have a budget, we barely do a show, right. we haven't done a show because of COVID. Whatever you're going through, so you see that, and it kind of was a nice message. Yeah, the end. It's, it's not, not all, all about, about the awards, but. But, you, you know, know, the Tonys do that. Well, the Tonys do that. But yeah. so does every industry. Yeah. And so does – even in sports, what's the major goal? To get to the, the World Series or mm-hmm. the Super sure. Bowl or – The Olympics. You know, the Olympics. You know, things like that, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, when you have a gymnastics team that takes, what, five to seven gymnasts? Well, yeah, you're yeah. competing you're for competing, something. Right, right. So you know? it, it gives – it's a rewarding. Yeah, right, right. But. All right, we're going to wrap up here with our last thing we talk about every week here with Paul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 6, which is now on Paramount+. Plus, The fourth streaming platform I yes. just mentioned today, Apple TV, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, and now Paramount+. Plus. So we said goodbye to Jan last Aww. night on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 6 in an interesting way because there was a tie. There a was tie. a Jan and Pandora tie, which, wow. I mean, I really was torn in my head, too. Like, oh, they could both go home for their own reasons. One yeah. being someone is competitive and the other being someone had a bad week. And so, yeah. how, and you don't forget, when, well, then was a tie and Rue was like, oh, in this case, I thought it was going to go back to Rue. I said, no, it goes back to the winner. And the winner is the tiebreaker. And so in All-Stars, so we've never had a tie vote. No. With the winner having to break the vote. So right. it was Jan who got that last vote and Jan did go home. Pandora was saved another week, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I, I'm i kind of torn on it. I could have seen Jan going further, but Jan was in the bottom three weeks in a row. When you're in the bottom three weeks in a row and you keep constantly saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do great. I'm going to do You know, that's tough. But then Pandora, who's also kind of just go- coasting by on thin ice every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but but what is coming up next? The Snatch Love Game, where you play a celebrity or impersonator. We know Pandora is really good at that, 
you know, so she might, could she, this is a great week. She could save herself another week and really yeah. make it far. I don't know. So we're getting down to the final six. There were 13 queens, right? Yeah, we're close Because usually it's not that many. Yeah, so now um, we're at we're, six. We know that there's a game within the game. If we hear it one more time, I someone's going to freak out. It's like, we keep thinking at the end we're going to get something out of it. And it's like, is the game in the game that someone comes back? Or are they all doing something right now that we don't know about? Are they all going to com- be competing? I don't know. I have no idea. They keep getting stopped, leaving the workroom and saying, do you want to stay? It's so they're little, not actually getting in the car and leaving as they do in a lot of these. Well, here's like, the thing. It's always but, a bit predictable that there's going to be some sort of a comeback challenge. So maybe it's next week. Maybe the other girls that went home are going to be doing um, the Snatch Game of Love as well. Right. We always keep thinking it's like maybe we have to wait till the top four. I don't know. But um, just to touch a little bit more on this season, uh, this episode, this was a singing challenge uh-huh. episode. So we had a new track called Show Up Queen. Yeah. And it was all about, you know, if you had to sing to your younger self, what would you sing yeah. to them? And I do felt that some of the queens really hit the mark on this. Yeah. People like Trinity, Kobe. Kay Bonet, Raja, Eureka, and Kylie, I thought hit the message. Yeah, for and sure. And they looked great. Even Ginger, she hit the message as well. But I do think that Jan and Pandora deserve the bottom yeah. on this one mm-hmm. because they just didn't hit that mark. Mm-hmm. And each week they're telling Jan, you need to elevate your drag, which is why I think it was a little premature. Uh, mature for Jan to come back on All Stars. She was just on her season, yeah, yeah, and now she's here. Yeah. Where was the growth? Yeah. But Pandora, if you've watched Pandora over the marks, it's like, oh, she was this, then this, then this, and now yeah. she's here, and it's great. It's a little sad that she still is only just being comfortable with herself, yeah. but still, yeah. that should have been able to come through the song, and she would have had a better week. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like. I, I am really enjoying this season. It's great after coming off of last season yeah, and yeah. last All-Stars. Yeah. It's like, I'm just, you know, let's go. Well, we got, like I said, you know, we, we have a few more episodes of This Is Pop. We have a few more episodes of RuPaul. We have a few more episodes of Shemigadoon. We're kind of wrapping up a lot of these shows right now as we're kind of wrapping up the summer, getting ready for where we're taking our podcast next, which is hopefully some live performances. Yes. And we're talking about a mix of things, more TV shows coming in the fall. So we talk about all entertainment, pop and theater, and we love it. And this is a great week to talk about all these different uh Right, shows and we and have um, we're gonna have a week of music next week. Yeah, we're coming up. So. Well, soon, soon. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of music. Yeah, a yeah, lot so of music. There's a bunch of music. There's things a lot that of we're music gonna talk about. Up. So maybe this week on our story, we're gonna promote some of those. So, so, yeah, a lot so of that you listen up. to them ahead yes. of time. But you know, anyway. <laughs> There it is. It's time. It's time, time, time. So, yes, please check us out um, all over social media. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. Um, Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music. Leave us a review if you love what you heard today. Join in the conversation. Engage with us. Head over to our Instagram at Two Worlds End. We also have a new Instagram handle for our podcast. It's at Half Hour Podcast. Um, So if you want to follow Two Worlds, and you could also follow at Half Hour Podcast, both of those. We'll be putting most of our podcast stuff up on the new Instagram handle. So go check out their comment on the latest post about this podcast episode. We'd love to hear from you. And yes, like I said earlier, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music. Leave us a review. Um, that's all for today. So we're signing off for now. Until next time, I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 